Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette, with your host Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by MidAmerica Motorworks. Car show season is here. Get your Corvette ready by shopping over 60,000 Corvette-specific parts and accessories at mamotorworks.com. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on all podcast platforms. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say Alexa or Hey Google, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's corvettetodaypodcast.com. And while you're there, make sure you visit the Corvette Today merchandise store. You can also sign up for Corvette Today emails, notifications, and updates at corvettetoday.ck.page. And don't forget, join the Corvette Today Facebook group. We have over 3,400 members, and I'd love to have you as a member as well. I'm also excited to tell you about the new YouTube channel for Corvette Today. See your favorite Corvette Today podcasts now on YouTube. First, I'd like to thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette Today, Aerolari Wheels, a true forged wheel with over 20 unique design styles to choose from for your C8 and wide-body versions of the C7, C6, and C5 Corvette. It's an absurd value starting at only $19.88 for a set of four fully forged wheels. And now use the new promo code CT111, that's CT111, and get $100 off your purchase. Visit aerolari.com, that's A-E-R-O-L-A-R-R-I.com, with the new promo code CT111 for your $100 discount. Also, Corvette Fever Magazine. Corvette Fever has been relaunched with an online and printed version. The online version has incredible interactivity with hidden photos and information, and the printed version is nothing like you've ever seen before, huge and glossy. Get your free online version at CorvetteFeverMag.com. You can also sign up for the printed version there as well. Corvette Fever Magazine, come along for the ride. Also, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com, the forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette. Meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at midenginecorvetteforum.com. Also, a shout-out to canadiancorvetteforum.com, welcoming Corvette owners from around the world. My guest on Corvette today is one of the founding members of Corvette Racing. He did the initial testing and development on the C5R race car. He's recognized as one of North America's most versatile racers, winning in series that span the spectrum of motorsports, from NASCAR all the way through to Le Mans. It's my honor and pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Ron Fellows. Ron, thanks for being on Corvette today. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. None, my pleasure. First of all, let's talk about your early years, Ron. You started kart racing and then moved to Formula 1600 and then Formula 2000 racing. Talk about those early years and your beginnings in racing. Yeah, for me, I got the bug going to a Formula One race at Mosport, which is now Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. And it was 1969. That was my first car race I went to. I'm with my brother, Rob, and my uncle and his buddy. It was at the age of 11, and I've said it multiple times, if an 11-year-old can have an epiphany, that was it. I wanted to be on the other side of the fence. Through paper routes and saving money, I managed to start go-kart racing at the age of 15, which in these days is late. started racing go-karts locally in the Toronto area, and then I wanted to be a Formula One driver. So I got into Formula Ford and basically went broke doing that. 
and got myself in an awful lot of debt. Around 1981-82, I had to stop. I was working full-time in construction as a machine operator. Didn't do anything for probably four or five years. And then along came General Motors of Canada with Imperial Tobacco. They started a single-make championship with the F-cars. So basically, they were showroom stock, Camaros and Firebirds. Right. And it had unheard of levels of prize money. You had to drive the car to the track. It had a six-point roll cage, a racing seat. There was a 332nd tread depth Goodyear that you used for the dry, and you used the full tread for the wet. And literally, you drove them to the track, and it paid $6,000 to win. Wow. <laughs> it was incredible. The series gained a lot of popularity quickly just because of the size of the grids, and there were almost 80 cars the first year. So they were qualifying races. The series was had two of the races were live TV. I managed to win one of the two that were live on TV, and that's where things began to change, getting sponsorship. It was a series that super intense competition, affordable, marketable, all the things that I didn't have a great deal of experience with, marketing, racecraft, and finesse. You learned all of that doing 50-mile races with 40-plus cars in the race with everybody basically in the same equipment. So as the marketability of the series enabled my brother and I to eventually get our own team together. One of the sponsors I had was a Canadian mutual fund company. The president, whom I met after he saw me win my first race in 86, which was at one of the IndyCar races, he was a big enthusiast. He was so thrilled to see me win this last lap, last quarter pass. That's how the relationship started. Winning a championship in the late 80s and winning a number of the big events at the support race for the Grand Prix in the 80s and then the Toronto downtown Indy. Winning at those places, he rewarded me by helping me get into the Trans Am Series. The dream of wanting to be a professional racing driver was on the back burner for a good number of years. This series was the one that allowed me to develop my skill. It became a springboard into the U.S., That's right. Now, that was in 89. That was the Players GM Challenge Series, Mm -hmm. and that's when you won the Drivers' Championship in 1989. Yes, sir. And then from there, you went on to FCCA and NASCAR. In Trans Am Racing, you won 19 times in 95 starts. You also participated in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, the NASCAR Nationwide Series, and the NASCAR Cup Series. Talk about all your time racing there in NASCAR. Yeah, the Trans Am Series was a support race for the cup race at Watkins Glen. And I just thought, wow, those look like a lot of fun. It wasn't until I began to race for Chevrolet in 95 that the team owner of the Chevy factory Trans Am team was Buzz McCall. And Buzz got into NASCAR. He initially had a team in the Xfinity Series, and then he expanded to the Cup Series. Herb Fischel, who was head of GM Racing, had a three-year contract with Chevy at 95, 96, 97. At the end of 96, they decided to pull out of the Trans Am Series, and I'm thinking, no more factory deal, now what? Herb was keen to keep me under contract and let's see where things would go and encourage me to try other things. That's where in 97, I did some truck races with Billy Hass, AER Manufacturing, a longtime sponsor again. They helped support our efforts in a few of the Craftsman Truck Series races, but I managed to win one in 97. And I also ran a Ferrari 333 SP, which was in the prototype class of sports cars. And I did that a couple of times as well. Managed to win a race with Rob Morgan, my co-driver at the home track. And things began to progress again. And it was in the fall of 97 when my contract was up. I did some truck races, managed to win one in the World Sports Car Championship. Met with Herb Fischel and Joe Negri, who were running GM Racing, and I met with them in September of 97, and they talked about taking a Corvette to Le Mans. 
<laughs> there you go. Would I like to be part of that for a nanosecond? I'm in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all it took, didn't it? The interesting part was the GT class was kind of all over the board. And I was sort of thinking, what category were we going to run this car? It all worked itself out. And Herb talked about this guy by the name of Don Panos, who was going to start an American Le Mans series, had great vision for the future of sports car racing. We tested for an entire year in 98, but we debuted at the Rolex 24 in Daytona in 1999, and the rest is history. There you go. I tell you what, Ron, let's take a quick break. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about your years with Corvette Racing here on Corvette Today. VetFinders.com is the Internet's original Corvette classified ads website, with classified ads starting at just $25. And every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com, the Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E Finders.com. MidAmerica Motorworks has been the industry leader and aftermarket supplier and manufacturer of Corvette replacement parts and accessories since 1974. We have what you need for all years and generations of Corvette. Whether you need a door panel or a seat cover for your C1 Corvette or the latest shirt, jacket, hat, or lifestyle accessory to complement your new C8, you can get it at MidAmerica Motorworks. So if you're restoring, repairing, replacing, or simply researching your Corvette, MidAmerica Motorworks is the place to go. Visit our website at mamotorworks.com and shop Corvettes by generation or specific year. Or call us Monday through Saturday, toll-free at 800-500-1500 and talk to one of our Corvette experts to help you get the right part or accessory. Pursue your passion with Mid-America Motorworks. Are you ready for a better insurance policy without the Corvette tax? With agreed value protection, the value of your collector vehicle will never change. Plus, you'll save money. Get a quick quote at ncminsurance.com. And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by MidAmerica Motorworks. Car show season is here. Get your Corvette ready by shopping over 60,000 Corvette-specific parts and accessories at mamotorworks.com. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me is famed Corvette racing legend, Ron Fellows. In this second segment, we're going to talk about Ron's years with Corvette racing. Ron, in the late 90s, you began your career with Corvette racing primarily as a development driver with the C5R. Talk about the development of the C5R and then your transition into Corvette racing in 1999. Yeah, the first test that I did was in November of 97, and it was at Sebring. And that became an annual thing, by the way, Corvette racing and testing at Sebring in November anyway, it was myself and then Chris Nipel. Chris had some history with Chevy in the Trans Am Series as well, so Chris and I were the first two drivers. The early days of Corvette racing was a pickup truck, a trailer, about four guys, one laptop, <laughs> and a driver. <laughs> wow. Ken Brown, who was an engineer with Corvette on the production side, he was one of the engineers initially. Gary Pratt was there right from the start, obviously. It was a Pratt Miller project. And John Rice on the engine side of it. It was fun to begin that development process. And we brought on Steve Cole, who I knew from more of a race engineer. 
he came on board. We tested the entire 98 season because some of the rules were changing for GTS at the time. You know, that first year of the American Le Mans series, we tested typically on a Monday, Tuesday or a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday following one of the races. And it was really useful data. You've got lap times, you've got race run comparisons. And Goodyear, who was our tire partner at the time, it was a great opportunity to work on their tire development because of the compatibility issues. The series then was multiple tire manufacturers were competing in the series. Wow. So Michelin was fairly dominant, but there were others competing as well, along with Goodyear, Dunlop, Yokohama, you name it. The general, the general was there. By the time we got to the end of the 98 season, I had branched out to do a little bit of NASCAR as well and won what was then the Bush Series at Watkins Glen. But the focus was on the testing and the preparation was Rolex 24 at Daytona 99. There you go. Now, you had Corvette Racing's first ALMS victory in September of 2000 at the Texas Motor Speedway with Andy Pilgrim. As a matter of fact, Andy was on Corvette Today podcast number 80. Talk about that. It had to be so thrilling to win Corvette Racing's first victory. Yeah. In 99 and 2000, we weren't doing all of the races. We were doing the majority. Texas in 2000 was not on the schedule. We'd come very close to winning at my home track. I talked to both Herb and Joe. We need to go to Texas. It's a brand new track for everybody. We'll go there, a level playing field. It wasn't in the budget. So what I helped do was one of my longtime sponsors, AER Manufacturing. They're based in Addison, Texas. And this was a great opportunity for them to make a bit of splash in the Dallas area with Corvette Racing. They helped make it happen. We managed to get our first win. It was one very tough race, but in the end, it worked out because we were at a track that nobody had any data, nobody had any information. Right. It was a roval in today's terms, a road course oval. Just magic to get the first win and absolutely nearly unbearable heat. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. As we developed as a team, we were continually improving. We got our first win. That was, can we get more? Can we win the big ones? Because the focus from the start was going to Lamont and getting a class win there. Right. 2001 was really the breakout year for Corvette Racing. We got the Relics 24 overall in 2001. Got the first class win at Lamont that year. And that was a huge thrill. I was going to say, you've won at 24 hours of Daytona, the 12 hours of Sebring, 24 hours of Le Mans. I mean, almost virtually everything in North America. And then in 2002, you won the ALMS GTS Drivers' Championship. And you shared that title once again with Johnny O'Connell in 2003-2004. That had to be exciting as well. Yeah, it was a bit bittersweet. Johnny came on. His first race with us was 2001, winning Daytona. That was a great event because we had both Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Jr. in the car with Andy and Kelly. Wow. In our car, it was Johnny, Chris Neifel, Frank Freon, and myself. Frank was usually in the four car with Andy and Kelly for the longer races, but this is how we used four drivers at Daytona. So that's how we broke it out and awesome opportunity for all of us to work together. But the rules were such that they only awarded one driver. Yeah, it was crazy. A lot of the drivers, we were lobbying that, hey, we're not alone in this. We have teammates. It should be the two full-time drivers should get equal points. And they were awarding the difference between Johnny and I in 2002. And it was points based on fastest race laps. That made the difference. I had more fastest race laps, and it was crazy. We should have just shared it. And then after 2002, they changed the rules. Wow. 
it really was the two full-time drivers shared equally, and that's the way it should be, and it has been ever since. Yeah, absolutely right. Also, besides your duties with Corvette Racing, you competed, obviously, in NASCAR. You won back-to-back SCCA Speed World Championships while driving the CTSV for Cadillac. How did you balance all those, Ron? You know what? I was quite used to jumping in multiple cars. It goes back to the experience I had racing in Canada because there was also, I raced a 944 Turbo Porsche. It was not unusual to be in a race weekend where I was racing a short stock Camaro and a 944 Turbo Porsche that was on slicks. When I was doing Trans Am, there was a couple of years there where I did all three on the same weekend. So getting an opportunity to be a third driver with Cadillac World Challenge team and just do a few and try to help where I could. When Cadillac team was at ALMS events, for me, it was super fun. It was an opportunity to get into a sprint race. They were 50-minute races, and I was there strictly to help with the points. I wasn't chasing a championship. If I had an opportunity to win, that's what I was there for. We managed to get a few wins for Cadillac to help with manufacturer points in 05, 06, 07, something like that, or 04, 05, 06. Doing two or three here and there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Let me take you back to 2006. Long Beach, California. You ran a spectacular race. Just phenomenal. You passed on the last lap. Talk about that race, Ron. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. That was a lot of fun. And Long Beach is such a great street circuit. It is just so much fun to drive. Doesn't matter what you're in. You know, the Cadillacs were strong, although with the balance of performance adjustments, we were not fast in a straight line. And that was all BOP. And Long Beach has one very long front straightaway. I was racing against uh, Dodge Viper, and the Viper was just so much faster on the front straightaway. But I was quicker cornering, stopping, so it was just a matter of timing it. The good news is that when you come around the hairpin last corner at Long Beach, the start-finish line is only about a third of the way up the straightaway. So it was just a matter of timing the pass. And I got a good run, and he blocked the inside. I went around the side of him and got around him, and it was like two corners from there to the hairpin. We were able to hang on for the short drag race to the checkered flag. Yeah, it was an exciting one. That was an awesome race. Now, in 2008, you became ambassador for Corvette and a technical advisor for GM Racing. Talk about what that entails. All right. It was mostly ambassador. My last year with Corvette Racing was 2008. A number of things happened. One, there was talk about a high-performance driving school with the sixth-generation ZR1. That was out there being the first old driver. (laughs) What do you do with somebody who's got 10 years with Corvette Racing? I was 51, 52 at the time. I'd had a really good run. Privileged and honored to be part of the Corvette team with Corvette Racing and Pratt Miller. They offered up this ambassador opportunity. It was a great way to stay involved and be helpful with some of the newer drivers that were coming into Corvette Racing and also be able to spend more time when you're not driving. As Corvette Racing became more and more popular, Corvette owners were in the hundreds coming to the track. It was an opportunity for one of the drivers to spend a lot more time with Corvette owners of the track. It was a great opportunity for me to step into that role and an honor, and I continue to this day with that role. That's fantastic. It's a great way to stay connected to Corvette Racing after you get out of the car, after you're done behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Ron, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Le Mans for a minute. You had a stint at Le Mans where you gained like 30 seconds on the leading Aston Martin car. Talk about Le Mans and some of your best memories there. Where did you get that information from? I do my research, my friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> Boy, yeah. The one that you're referring to, that Le Mans was 2007. And it was, oh gosh, I think I got in the car and there was three and a quarter, maybe three and a half hours to go. I get into the car, and, you know, like 11.40. And then shortly after I got in, it monsooned. It just rained and rained. Typically at Le Mans, rain or shine, they're not bringing out the safety car unless there's a really good reason for it. Right. That's sort of the European way. I think we were P3 at the time. Aston Martins were 1-2, but we were down two laps. I'd always done pretty well in the wet. For the next couple of hours, I got ourselves back on the lead lap just by staying on the track and going faster in the wet. The unfortunate part was that when we got back on the lead lap, they did bring out a safety car. Essentially, we trundled around behind the safety car for 45 minutes or so, and then they went green with, I don't know, five minutes to go. There wasn't enough time left. When I was making up time on them for the longest time, you know, I was in this super focused mode and I had no idea where I was. I was just trying to survive. And I'm passing cars and prototypes. I asked our engineer, how are things going? <laughs> like, where are we at? It was Joe Kiefer and Joe just came on the radio and just said, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. You're running, I forget what he said, you know, 30, 40 seconds a lap quicker than the Aston Martins. You will take the lead with 20 odd minutes to go. It was one of those really cool moments where you're just finding ways to stay on the track, make speed. Unfortunately, it was the safety car that ended our day. Yeah. Well, Ron, let's take our final break. And in segment number three, we're going to talk about what you're doing today here on Corvette Today. The Radiator Grill Store offers protection for your C8's front radiators and side intakes. They also carry front strut tower covers to prevent rusting and pooling water, all with do-it-yourself installation. Get 10% off your total purchase with promo code CT10. See the full line of products at radiatorgrillstore.com. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what I want too, but what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. American Hydrocarbon is your one-stop shop for custom interior, exterior, and engine bay items for your C4 through C8 Corvette. We can help you create a custom look for your Corvette with carbon fiber or 10 different color patterns and styles. Whether it's a custom-made engine cover for your new C8 mid-engine Corvette or custom-made C4 interior upgrades, American Hydrocarbon can help you transform your Corvette into a best-in-class show car. And now we're proud to announce that we can produce and distribute officially licensed 
Johnson's GM products for the C8 Corvette. That includes the front splitter, side skirts, engine appearance panels, and engine fluid caps. Plus, we now also carry the C8 Speedline side skirts along with the engine appearance package and high wing. Our products have been featured in Vet and Corvette magazines. Give us a call, 813-476-5638. Visit our updated website at AmericanHydrocarbon.com or email us at pat at AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Let us help you make your Corvette the car you've always wanted it to be. American Hydrocarbon. Stretch the life of your Corvette's paint with Nova Stretch, the performance protective cover. From bugs to rock chips, Nova Stretch covers protect your C5 through C8 Corvette, utilizing stretch fabric technology and an innovative fastening system for quick installation and easy removal and storage. Made in the USA for a tailored fit, the patented design and breathable mesh protects your Corvette without rubbing or chafing the paint like traditional covers. And unlike clear film or old-time car bras, Nova Stretch provides full front-end coverage including the grill, keeping radiators and heat exchangers clean and debris-free. Visit NovaStretch.com and use the code CORVETTETODAY15 to get 15% off your order. Protect your Corvette with Nova Stretch. This is the Corvette Today podcast with Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks once again for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by Mid-America Motorworks. Car show season is here. Get your Corvette ready by shopping over 60,000 Corvette-specific parts and accessories at mamotorworks.com. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me is famed race car legend from Corvette Racing, Ron Fellows. In this third and final segment, we're going to talk about Ron's time after Corvette Racing. Ron, in 2008, I know you left Corvette Racing, like you said, at the end of the season, but you set up your own school in Pahrump, Nevada. Talk about Spring Mountain. Yeah, Chevrolet was looking for an opportunity when the sixth-generation ZR1 came out. There was a number of the senior executives, including Mr. Bob Lutz, that was absolutely adamant that we're going to have a car with over 600 horsepower. Let's figure out how to get driver training as part of the ownership package. Tom Wallace, who was the chief engineer back then, very supportive. I had coincidentally met the ownership, the managing partner, John Morris at Spring Mountain. Met him in February of 2008. It sort of developed from there. And then Michelin was keen to be part of it as well. We started in October of 2008, fairly humble beginnings. We probably had half a dozen instructors. Got Rick Malone to become the chief instructor a couple of months in. We were basically in support of the ownership program that was part of the purchase experience for C6 GR1. As that progressed, we were gaining momentum as a high-performance driving school and, and an experience. Working with the Corvette team and Chevy Marketing, it was agreed that the right thing to do here going forward was extend the high-performance driving school program to every owner. And so starting with the seventh generation and now the eighth generation Corvette, every first owner gets a two-day school at Spring Mountain. It's been great to be part of it. It's grown to where, you know, we were probably eight or 900 in the first few years. And now it's north of four or 5,000 owners a year come to the school. Certainly the C8 in 2022 will probably see the best numbers yet based on its popularity. And it's been great for me to be part of it. 
Rick and the team that he's put together there, you know, we're up around 30 instructors now. We're running multiple programs a day. As the car has evolved, so has our curriculum. It's been a lot of fun to be able to provide an opportunity for Corvette owners and enthusiasts to be able to come to the school and have a much better understanding of the capability of the latest generation Corvette C7, C8, and also leave a solid knowledge base of not only the car's capabilities, but their own. And it can be intimidating. These cars are incredibly sophisticated, highly capable, and they're also great daily drivers. That two-day experience is invaluable for owners to really get an opportunity to leave with a much better understanding and appreciation for what their Corvette is capable of. Spring Mountain is just a phenomenal experience. I always call it Top Gun for Corvette because they teach you to drive (laughs) that car to the edge of the envelope. And Rick Malone and his staff do an outstanding job. Todd Crutcher and his staff are just fantastic and it is a premier facility in north america now you also own part of the group that owns most sports which is now called canadian tire motorsports park that's kind of like spring mountain in canada isn't it well it's a little bit different spring mountain is a motorsports country club it doesn't host any spectator events isn't set up that way from an infrastructure standpoint. Membership in the facility has grown and they've added track. It was initially 2.2, then 2.4, and then there was another mile and a half added, then another two miles, and now they're up to the northeast of the property. There's another three miles. So the facility has about nine and a half miles of racetrack. Seeing how it has grown and developed over the years has been awesome to be part of that. And then a couple of guys, Carlo Fidani and Al Bouton, we were actually at my school with Carlo's two sons in the fall of 2010. Carlo said, let's buy a racetrack. (laughs) Okay. We're all in the Toronto area. What about Mosport? Would it be for sale? That's really how it started. I said, I don't think it is, but I know who to call and ask. And Don Pinos, who was the founder of the American Le Mans series, he had purchased the track in 98. He also owned Road Atlanta, Sebring, as well as the series. He was a big history buff, and there's a tremendous amount of history with then Mosport. It opened in 1961 and has hosted everything from Formula One to Can-Am, Trans-Am, all the sports car, open wheel, you name it. I approached Don and Scott Atherton, who was the president of the American Le Mans Series and Don's right-hand person there with his racing empire. I just said, hey, any chance you guys might be interested in selling Mosport? That's really how it started. We sat down and Don liked the idea of it going back into Canadian hands and he and Carlo got along really well. We took possession June 1st, 2011. It's a track that annually would have four or five big events a year, as well as having car club days and manufacturer test days. Track rental is really the bread and butter of the business. You know, it had all this history, but a lot of the infrastructure was still a couple of decades behind. And so that was one of the first things that we did was looked at investing. And Carlo was a great visionary for a lot of this. He could see things that I just took for granted in terms of what the infrastructure presented and certainly putting in tunnels. We spent a lot of time grooming the outside of the racetrack. It has incredible sight lines for spectators. And then we put a new tower and got corporate suites and then built a smaller track on the west side of the property, a new karting facility that opened in 2015. And then along the way, a lot of the corporate partnerships that I've had over the years, one of them being Canadian Tire Corporation, stepped up to be a partner beginning in 2012 with the name and rights of the facility. And GM Canada is a big supporter. Michelin, they believed in what we were trying to do, taking this iconic facility and bringing it into the 21st century. My wife's part of the partnership group. 
our oldest son works in the business as well. That's fantastic. Your list of accomplishments reads like a who's who. You're a four-time ALMS most popular driver, which was voted on by the fans four times. Also, a three-time ALMS champion, two class wins at Le Mans, 19 SCCA Trans Am wins, and five NASCAR wins. That is absolutely incredible. Any of them that stand out the most to you, Ron? Yeah, there's a few that are defining moments in a number of ways in terms of providing opportunities. Winning the Rolex 24 at Daytona in 2001 and overall was huge. We had Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Jr. in the second Corvette. Getting to know them led to me getting an opportunity to drive for Dale Sr.'s team and also Dale Jr.'s team. That was certainly a pivotal moment for not only Corvette racing, but also for my career to do other things. NASCAR opportunities with Dale Sr. and then Dale Jr. For Corvette Racing, the first firsts were big. We talked about the first win in 2000 at Texas. The focus was to win at Le Mans, and that was to take a Corvette and win at Le Mans. Getting that to happen the same year as the Rolex 24 was amazing. The GM execs that were behind the project, and certainly Herb Fischel in particular, was part of the visionary behind that. I will never forget how happy Herb, Joe, Doug and Gary Pratt, Jim Miller, Tom Mikrit, all the folks from Pratt Miller, but certainly those two with Corvette were the two biggest. Ron, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, let's talk real quickly about your email and social media. Probably the simplest way is either go through the Ron Fellows Performance Driving School at Spring Mountain, or you can do that through Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Both websites, you'll be able to find some contact info, and I will get the message. Sounds good. Ron, thank you so much for taking time to be on Corvette today. The stories were absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for everything. My pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, and please be sure to tell your family, friends, and other Corvette enthusiasts about the Corvette Today podcast. And also, thanks to our sponsors, MidAmerica Motorworks. Car show season is here. Get your Corvette ready by shopping over 60,000 Corvette-specific parts and accessories at mamotorworks.com. American Hydrocarbon at americanhydrocarbon.com. True Wealth & Company at retirewithtrue.com. Also, Aerolari Wheels. Get $100 off your purchase with the new promo code CT. T111 at aerolari.com. And finally, Nova Stretch Travel Bras. Get 15% off your total purchase with the promo code Corvette Today15 at Novastretch.com. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at Steve Garrett DJ. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.